Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to episode number 126 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry with me. I have Dustin Galker. I have Adam Candy. You can follow them on the Twitter machine, and you should. It's free at Dustin Galker, at Adam Candy. That's two E's, no Y. If you hate yourself, you can follow me at Matt Brown M2. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. So go in, please subscribe, rate, review, help more people find this fantastic podcast that we put out for your ears each and every week. Guys, we are going to talk uh, some big numbers coming out of multiple different states, record numbers coming out of multiple different states. What's going on with the win ESPN? Are they back in dipping a toe? What's going on there? We'll talk about New York as well. But Dustin, first things first, let's kick things off with Florida. And we wish we had better news. Yeah, we have uh, pretty bad news for those of you who have been enjoying the online sports betting that uh, launched uh, not that long ago in Florida. There has been uh, a federal court has ruled that the compact between the states and the Seminole tribe is is it needs to be vacated. Uh, the, the case actually does not involve either the state or the Seminole tribe. It's actually against uh, the Department of Interior, which is supposed to be the federal approval, pro- uh, has the federal approval process over compacts and and what they do. So backstory, Florida, there's this compact legalized sports betting, including online sports betting. Not that long ago, we saw the app, the, the one app from hard rock sports book launch. Uh, so what this means is uh, a federal court has basically ruled that the compact is not, should not be in, enforced. That would mean in turn that sports betting should not be going on in Florida. The, the really interesting thing is that Florida, in, in fact, online sports betting, at least at my last check is still going on. Hard rock is still allowing Floridians to use the app uh, and, and go and uh, to place bets and, and, and all of that, despite this, this finding uh, in a federal court in uh, the district of Columbia. So where that leaves us is uh, right now there's an appeal, likely an appeal coming from uh, the, the defendants department of interior again, which uh, oversees Indian affairs here and in, in, including gaming. So we're, we're, we're expecting that we're expecting a motion for a stay in terms of saying that the, the lower court ruling should be set aside while the appeal is heard. We don't know the likelihood of, of that being the uh, case, but right now uh, this is where it stands is that the compact is, should be off the books that sports betting shouldn't be happening, but it is. Uh, and uh, it is as always a complicated situation in Florida. And uh, we don't have a whole lot of clarity on what exactly is next other than there are still going to be uh, some maneuvering in court here in the next, uh, in the coming days, weeks, and probably months as well. Adam, we said when all this went down in the first place, that there would be lawyers, that there would be things that would be going on in the courts. And so far, this has just been one gigantic big court battle thing. It has. And when we look at what comes next, we know that there will be more lawyers, more courts. It's already, as, as Dustin mentioned, the appeals process is already 
underway here, I think the most important thing to keep in mind is that one of the things the judge said in her decision was that uh, the idea that bets are placed on the server and not on the mobile device uh, does not hold water. Now, she does not get to have the final say on that, but this is something that could cause problems, not just in Florida, but in other states that are operating mobile sports betting under the Indian Gaming Regulatory Act, because the working definition here has been essentially to try to stretch the idea of where the bet is placed to the server as opposed to on the phone, on the computer. Now, there was a bill proposed in Congress a couple of years ago to more clearly define this under IGRA, and that could be one potential fix. But you would think that for a potential multi-billion dollar industry riding on this, that it wouldn't be left to the hands of one or two judges for all that long before someone comes up with a better solution. Adam, you mentioned the word billion right there whenever we were uh, discussing what may or may not be going down there in Florida. But we do know the big B over in New Jersey. It's a repeat here for this month. And that B is not just for forget about it. Uh, That is one point three billion dollars in handle for New Jersey in the month of October. That is one point three with a B with a point three. Last month, we just barely snuck over that one billion dollar mark in New Jersey. One point oh one one this time looking at one point three. And mind you, we really weren't even into the NBA or NHL Mm. in earnest at that point yet. So uh, if you like rocket ships that go up, this one appears to still have a little bit of room to head more toward the stratosphere. And look, it's not a huge surprise. We don't like to come on here and say, oh, my God, more handle records. Unreal. It's the NFL. It's a full season. It's people being able to go out again. There are all sorts of reasons that this is happening. And, and Dustin, obviously, it's, it's not just in New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, what well, we're seeing records everywhere, uh, basically in any any place that has online sports betting, there was a record in places that were not online sports betting. The biggest part of this is, uh, you know, where we usually see September be bigger, start of NFL season, very really the start, I mean, college usually starts a little earlier, but really the big games start in September. So we usually see expect September be the biggest month. This was uh, October's outlier because there is an extra weekend of football. And that's what gets gets us these records over even a, a over record setting September's uh, in states across the country. So, yeah, we basically saw, you know, uh, half of, almost half a billion in Michigan, uh, over three quarters of a billion in Pennsylvania. Um, and it really does serve to that, that that extra weekend of football just makes a huge difference in, in, the, in the bottom line of states, how much how much is wagered. Because those weekends are, you know, they, you know, it's great that NBA and NHL and college basketball are all are, are going, but that's what drives it is football always here in America. And that's that's why we saw these these even bigger numbers in October than that you might have expected, because, you know, again, historically, you see a little bit of drop off after the, the launch of, uh, of of football season. You know, we saw in Nevada. But as I know, just from covering and, and Adam knows just from covering Nevada back when only sports when that was the only sports betting revenue we were reporting that extra weekend always makes a huge difference. And, you know, really, really highlights why people try to get live for NFL season when, when any given state launches and, and legalizes sports betting. 
Yeah, one other thing I would point out as well is uh, just a, a tip of the cap to the sports books as well, because the the retention efforts, the retention offers, the uh, the you know all of the little bonus bets and things that they offer week in week out. I've got just anecdotal evidence of of people who have who get to bet in these these various states that have all that stuff that, that we don't get here in Nevada. And, you know, listen, it does drive more action. It does drive more bets and it does drive people back to various sports books and various apps that they haven't used in a while. Right. And so you get a little notification that pops up and says, oh, hey, hey, by the way, you know, bet 20, you get a free 20 or whatever, you know, all these different little things like that. And and it's working and, and it works for these companies and, uh, you know, good, good on them. Although uh, Adam and I do not get to to reap the benefits of any of that stuff here in Nevada. But I digress. Uh, Adam, let's talk a little bit about the win, because when we were talking about them last time, there might have been some big stuff on the horizon for them. It's the opposite. Uh, Win has actually decided to cancel its plans to go public via a SPAC with Win Interactive. Um, The digital business in Q3 and Q4 is on track to lose about $200 million. And Outgoing Win CEO Matt Maddox said on the earnings call, the market is not sustainable right now. Competitors are spending too much to get customers. The economics are just not something we're going to participate in. Uh, we are focused on building a long-term business that's sustainable, that is not losing lots and lots of money. So we're shifting our strategy to think about long-term and think about cash preservation. Uh, this was supposed to be a deal with uh, the SPAC, largely backed by Bill Foley, the Vegas Golden Knights owner. And I think the real question here is, are we looking at a canary in a coal mine in some ways with the way Wynn is choosing to go about this? Because we've seen certain sports betting stocks that have taken a dive as of late, big sell-off when it came to Genius uh, just this past week. DraftKings has been on a bit of a downward slide, among others. And Wynn is saying, you know what? The economics of this don't work. And it's kind of the quiet part being out loud. We've all known that the economics of this are not sustainable in the long term. But Wynn is deciding to uh, enact that long term strategy a little sooner than others. Dustin, I guess my question to you in this would be, is it just like right now? It's DraftKings, FanDuel, and everybody else. And, you know, maybe the longer game strategy here is how a lot of these people who are in fourth place, fifth place, sixth place, seventh place, whatever it might be in these markets should be taking. I mean, listen, I I know we always hearken back to to our, you know, kind of online poker days and stuff like that. But I mean, the people who were at the very, very top at the beginning, yeah, some of them lasted. I mean, you know, poker stars lasted and full tilt kind of like lasted there until things kind of went south with all that. But there were a lot of other big names that were that were at the top that eventually over time, other brands were able to come in, kind of erode into their market share, be it through innovation, through technology, whatever offers they were offering at the time, whatever, you know, their marketing strategy stuff like that so on and so forth so maybe it's just kind of like okay look we're probably not going to catch DraftKings and FanDuel anytime soon so maybe we just do this like chip away thing over the years as opposed to do this gigantic blitz and then find ourselves still sitting in fifth place you know when it all is said and done you can make that case but that's you know when you're pitching growth you're trying to get shareholders excited mm-hmm. like uh that doesn't get people excited i, get, I don't think a whole lot mm-hmm. it's like uh, you're trying you know especially if you're DraftKings and FanDuel you're 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 positing growth right you want to, you mm-hmm. want to show that hey we're growing uh, yeah sitting sitting back and laying back you know if you're 
you know, a Caesars and MGM, you know, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And MGM, to its credit, has went from you know basically doing nothing, mm-hmm. not a very great app, to not uh, not spending anything, and has carved out third place to arguably second place, uh, depending on the market that they're in. Um, and, and maybe even second place overall. So th- there, there's a there's a path to that. MGM has has gone on. And Caesars, as we know, has had the will to do that. But yeah, if you're if you're somebody else, you're not a large, you're not a huge company. Like maybe yeah, there's there's definitely something to be said. This is I mean, you can kind of see this and play with Bet three sixty five. They are not burning cash to do anything in, mm-hmm. in the U S I mean, they're advertising a little bit in New Jersey, but they're kind of sitting back and saying, let's see what happens in this market before we do anything. See what, see how everything shakes out and then go try to own the market. You can make that case. And you know, 365 is in a much more unique position than others. Mm-hmm. They can just, they, they're privately held, can do a lot of different things. So yeah, to, not to get into weeds into the weeds on them, but that is the example of, yeah, lay back, wait to see what happens rather than, uh, yeah, burn cash, Every every day, trying to acquire more customers. This is I don't think going to come as a shock to anybody. But uh, you know, if you're the largest sports entity in the world, uh, when it comes to a media standpoint, that maybe this whole sports betting thing would be interesting to you. And now, listen, this isn't anything new for ESPN. Really, they did launch. I mean, they built a studio down the street from Adam and I down here on the strip at the link, where they do a daily sports betting show out of you can now pretty much in every single piece of their programming any of the preview shows any of anything like that they're referencing lines there are lines being posted across the tickers and things like that so it's not like espn has held out of embracing kind of this big push into sports betting that being said them being intimately involved hasn't necessarily uh come up uh, more than you know any anything serious at least but now dustin we at least have some kind of quotes coming out and some real stuff where it looks like, okay, now all of the little smoke that we were hearing and all of the, maybe us just kind of forecasting down the line that they would eventually one day, maybe all this stuff is going to end up coming to fruition. Yeah. Here's the, here is what the wild part to me is, is that you you hear sports betting on Disney's earnings call that is that is uh, that is a sign of where sports betting is in the u.s disney obviously a huge multinational corporation that is in all sorts of things entertainment leader and is now like sports betting comes up on its earnings call and they talk about it that's that's kind of wild to me still even even though yeah, i mean well goofy is a degenerate gambler who bets seven like parlays and so Absolutely. like you know this uh, that guy adam's tried to get through to him but it just doesn't it doesn't work but yeah so it comes up the ceo even says yeah we're pursuing aggressively u.s sports betting opportunity uh quote is we've had some concerns the company about our ability to get into sports betting without having a brand withdrawal but given the all the research we've done recently that is not the case it actually strengthens strengthens the brand of ESPN when you have a betting opponent and it has no impact on the Disney brand. So, I mean, I guess I could have told them that like it's yeah. Disney. I mean, we've always, we've always kind of said Disney is like, is worried about gambling. And in Florida, for instance, they have been against gambling more to protect their interest with, uh, with Disney world than anything else, probably in tourism rather than, than anything else. And has been against the expansion of gambling, but that's always, it's always kind of been out there that Disney is not, you know, just doesn't support gambling. So it's, it sees this as it's seen this at least, you know, recently and, and more long-term is something that'd be risky for them to get, get into. But yeah, I mean, I think we all could have said like, yes, ESPN brand link at the sports betting makes a ton of sense. Uh, they, they are, you know, going back to the last topic we just talked about, they are behind in doing this. Um, mm. If they're trying to build their own thing um, even further behind, not sure that's going to be the greatest thing in the world, but 
you know, they, you know, they go buy something or they, you know, do something. ESPN is a, is a brand that will, will cut through the noise in sports betting, I think. And they have, you know, as we talk a lot about the, the databases that people have, I think the ESPN database of users and, and the people who use ESPN content are, are perfectly set up to convert to sports betting. So uh, certainly a lot to like it, but yeah, the top level is interesting that, you know, you know we're hearing this from Disney. So the, again, we've, there's been reports over the, over recent months of ESPN Disney's interest in sports betting. And now that's uh, basically been confirmed with uh, these, with the earnings uh, chat with the CEO. And Adam, like to, to kind of go hand in hand with this is not only just the brand recognition of ESPN and just the probably the trust factor that is also goes along with that with people who have just grown up with ESPN and, and ESPN being synonymous with all sports just in general. But you also have the most popular sports website in the world as well with ESPN. And so every, if they were to get into this in earnest, right, I mean, every team preview and every single breakdown and every news story and every breaking everything that ever gets done where they get millions and millions and millions of hits on that website, you know, you're now getting, you're getting a, a an opportunity to get in front of an eyeball for someone to click on your thing and download your sports book and, and, and wager at your sports book or something like that. So there's, there's even more than just the, the brand awareness and the brand trust that goes along. There's also just getting in front of, tens of millions and millions of eyeballs at, at just organically because they're going to your site anyway to read whatever article, whatever news you're posting, whatever preview you're posting, et cetera, et cetera. Take it even a step farther, Matt. I think you can look at having the reach of the Disney company in the first place and say, maybe it's not even just the traditional ESPN viewing audience, right? Look at what we've seen recently with them, where they have definitely been willing to blur the lines when it comes to some of their preview shows, some of their sports center segments that have promoted movies. They've had integrations with some of the Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about being able to reach far, far beyond what the average company can do with an understanding of the fact that this is a brand that people associate with sports, right? It's one thing for NBC and points better CBS and William Hill slash Caesars to be Mm -hmm. tied up. It's another thing when it's ESPN. And so are they more apt to license out the brand? Are they more apt to buy someone and buy technology and get into it themselves? We're still willing to figure out all of that. But I think you make an excellent point that when you talk about the reach combined with the brand recognition, they can get into corners that nobody else can. Is, is Thor going to hammer the over? That's what I need. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I there you go. Perfect. It. Oh boy. Oh, Dustin. That was free, by the way, ESPN. That was You're free. Welcome. That You're was welcome. free. Next one, next one, next one you pay him for. That one, that one was free. That's how you get him. <laughs> Tennessee has been a state that we were happy about at first whenever we saw that they were going to kind of have the 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 open licensure there and, and allow people, you know, there'd be a robust uh, amount of offerings for the people there in Tennessee. Lots of competition should be good for the sports better. And then as things kind of hashed out, we got to a point where we were like, Oh man, there, there's some stuff in this bill that we don't really like specifically Adam, the thing that you are not that you are uh, upset about that they did not get rid of, even though they had the opportunity to. So here we sit right before Thanksgiving Festivus is not all that far away. I'm going to begin the airing of grievances a little bit (laughs) early this year. I got a lot of problems with you, Tennessee. (laughs) So They had another meeting with the new regulator and the new executive director 
for sports betting in Tennessee to talk about this minimum hold requirement that has been roundly decried throughout the industry. The idea that every sports book is required to have a minimum 10% hold every month. Um, just think about that for a second. For anybody who has any length of time in this industry, just think about how ridiculous it sounds on its face. But this was an idea that was cooked up by the lottery director who, by the way, after like a year of, let's say, partially effectively regulating sports betting in Tennessee, stepped back and said, hey, you know what? We don't want to do this anymore. Uh, so let's come up with a new regulator for sports betting. So we figured maybe that a bad idea like the minimum hold might go away with a new regulator. And we were wrong, as it appears that out of the meeting this time, what they came up with was what was thought of as a compromise on this idea, because there was one side, the sports book saying, get rid of this. There was the other side, the new regulator saying, well, let's switch from quarterly monitoring to monthly monitoring uh, on this. Um, no, that, that, that's not a compromise. That is what came out of this is not at all what is termed a compromise, because what came out of it was that you have the option to do one of two things. Basically, on an annual basis to pay what you would have owed, the difference between your hold and what tax on a 10% hold would have been, or you can pay a $25,000 monthly fine. Now, we follow this industry close enough to know that $25,000 comes popping out of the shoes of a CEO of a sports betting company on any given walk down the street. And so the problem would be that it would count as a disciplinary action on the record of that sports book every time they paid the $25,000 fine. And so theoretically, if you go to get licensed in a new state, they might look at your Tennessee license and say, wow, you're in arrears in Tennessee. Now, I think any smart regulator in any other state would look and say, wow, Tennessee is a giant uh, dumpster fire when it comes to its regulation. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to really worry about that. And that sports books might be more inclined to just pay the $25,000 fine and not have to worry about what goes on in some other state. But in any case, we thought it might go away. It's not going away. And Tennessee continues to be high on my list of grievances. Tennessee, if you're listening to this, the whole state of you out there, be better. Just do better. Okay. We were very excited about you. Be better. Do better. Make us feel better about you in 2022. That is our ask here from the LSR podcast, all three of us. Dustin, take us home on New York. I know there are a lot of people listening to this who are very interested in when is the date? When is the time? When is the actual second that they are going to be able to push the button on their phone? I got, I have no actual intel on that answer, <laughs> unfortunately for all of you. You will not be able to bet online from your couches in New York uh, for the awful football games that are taking place on Thanksgiving Day, but you can't, you still can't go up to the retail sports books or across the board in New Jersey. But it is sounding like there could be launches, you know, before the end of the year, possibly. Basically, what we have now is the, the rules uh, around sports betting were technically published, which means it sets off this, uh, this ability for operators actually to launch if the state regulator signs off and says, you've done everything you need to do to launch. You can go ahead and launch. So there, that's out there. We don't, so we don't have a, a specific day. We don't know which operators, but there is at least a possibility that in the, in the coming, not days, but, but weeks, that we could have an online sports betting launch. Now, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. It's a very opaque process, like everything that we've talked about in New York over the, over the months since they legalized it. But the, there's, 
There's also this possibility that you know that we have the the state senator Joseph Dabo, who's who is part of uh, legalizing it and has been a champion of sports betting. Wants everybody to launch, all nine operators to launch on the same day, if if at all possible. Um, which you know, as we know from covering other launches, Arizona and Michigan, this is the greatest way to to legalize sports betting and to have it have everybody have an equal footing. Uh, there's a lot of excitement because it's all at the same time instead of having this drip and drab, which we've also seen in states like Virginia, where we saw a few operator go live, operator go live. It's not not an ideal way to kind of con- to tell people, hey, sports betting is legal. You only have this one option and later on another option. So we'll see. Uh, you know, I don't I don't think we're gonna, we're not going to see it in November. I don't think I can be cold take by the next time we have we're on this podcast. But there's a possibility that you're going to be betting online in December. And at this point, it's hard to believe that people that we're not going to be live for the, the Super Bowl um, just based on the speed and what we've heard of, from chatter in New York so far. And Adam, I mean, I think if we if we kind of really look at this, yeah, they would love to have been up today. Sure. They would love to have been up, you know, whatever target date for, you know, December X, Y, Z. But really, if they are if they are up before the Super Bowl and then you get March Madness as well, those are those are the two big marquee things that you want to be live for to launch as it is anyway. So as long as we are good by end of January, first week of February, I think they'll be pretty happy. And keep in mind a couple of other things about the New York market. Not that you're seeing this necessarily reflected in New Jersey right now. Uh, it is maybe the most dormant college football area of the country. There are very few people in the Northeast who really care significantly about it. So you're not losing out on college football. And when you talk about the pros, I I joke about this, but the Giants and Jets are so bad this year that you do not have the same level of engagement around those fans that you might normally. So, you know, if there's a silver lining in them not being able to get it going before then, that's it. Guys, as always, everything that we talk about here on the podcast, you can find over at LegalSportsReport.com. Go in, take in all of the great words that are being posted over there each and every day by Adam and his team. They are doing the reading. They are listening to the hearings. They are making the phone calls so you don't have to. You can go in and get everything in a nice, written, concise form over there. Again, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever you hear your podcast, we are on there. So please go in, subscribe, rate and review. Really do appreciate all that stuff. Really good, positive reviews from you guys. Uh, thankful for all of that. No doubt about that. And of course, you can follow Adam and Dustin on the Twitter machine. It's absolutely free. Go in, smash the button. It's free at Adam Candy, two E's, no Y, at Dustin Galkerit. If you hate yourself, you can follow me at Matt Brown M2. For Dustin, for Adam, I'm Matt. Touch you guys next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.